All right, good morning, church. It's great to be back with you again. I've been in the New World for three Sundays, and I'm telling you, uh, it's probably best that we're here. No, I, I, I had a great, uh, a great time. I connected with a group of churches for a week over there, including uh, Westside, where the Crooksies are, are going to be headed, and I approve of that church now. And so it's all good. Um, it's good. We, I also, uh, during my time over there, I officiated my, my grandmother's memorial service, and I did the graveside service, and I preached at both of them, and I sang at the memorial service. I know that was the scariest bit. No musical accompaniment. Acapella just went for it. Please start on the right key. Please start. Nailed it. Uh, so, so that went good. Uh, that went good. That was a sad aspect of, of my summer, but I spent lots of time with my family at family camp and and it just it was a blitz. It was just here and there and driving here and driving there and and just connecting with with lots of people I might be a little bit jet-lagged, but i'm i'm glad to be back in the place where god has uh, Has me and where he's called me and where he's called you. He's gathered us all together. Maybe for just today um, Maybe for a season maybe for for years, but he's brought us together for a purpose and you're here for a reason this morning so I'm thankful for Ruth. I'm thankful for Crooksy. I'm thankful for Josh, who've been speaking over the last couple weeks. Uh, great to hear that it, it went well. And yeah, we, we, we're in a summer series. And basically what I've told people um, is that we're not in a series. The series is speak whatever's on your heart. Uh, and so we, we've been going through that. I, I also decided to apply that to myself this, this uh, Sunday and, and just ask myself, okay, what's on my heart? Uh, for this this day and um, what have I been thinking about this summer and it probably won't surprise you That I've been thinking a little bit about prayer I've been thinking a little bit about our building situation about the possibility of a south side campus Are you kind of aware of, of that? Raise your hand. Yeah, I'm kind of aware of that. Um, we did make an offer on Friday uh, for that for that building. It looks like we have the highest offer, but we'll we'll see if that if that as that comes together. Ultimately, they have to make the decision. Hopefully, I'll have news on that soon. But we might be in in a in a great uh, transition, a great expansion. Uh, God might be opening a huge door in answer to um, years of prayer. <laughs> For, for more space for us. So excited about that. I'll, I'll keep you posted as I, as I have news there. Uh, I've also been just thinking about some hopes and dreams that, that I have for, for the months ahead. And uh, you know what? I, I just need God's help. I need God's guidance. I, I need his strength. I need his encouragement and his very obvious help of some things that I really want to see happen, but I can't just do. I can't make them happen without God's uh, intervention. So today I want to talk about receiving help from God. Receiving help from God. Receiving help from God that either it could look like rescue, like maybe God rescuing you uh, out of a stuck situation, or, or maybe um, uh, open opportunities for you that you can't open your, yourself or unlock future hopes and, and, and dreams where you can't see how to get from here to there, maybe see answers to prayers, uh, guidance, um, things like that. Desperate, desperate um, seeking of God for, for different things. And, and, you know, maybe I talk about this too much. I don't think I do. But maybe I talk about um, seeking God and, and seeking God in prayer. Um, I don't think I talk about it too much because life is challenging. 
And life is hard, and it's easy to get discouraged, and it's easy to want to give up, and it's easy to want to get to one of those places where you're like, oh, I, I, just don't, I just don't know what else to do. I've been praying, and I don't know what else to do. Well, hopefully today, by the end, you'll, you'll have even some more ideas besides just praying, which is, is part of it. Um, but, but besides just praying about seeking God uh, for help, uh, I'm, I'm running... After, on a, uh, I'm running a life track that needs God to do more than what I can just do on my own. And, and I, I find that exciting, and, and I hope that, that, that you also are, are considering, okay, I'm going to run after God in such a way where I need Him to intervene. That It's going to be beyond my own abilities. It's going to be by my, my own self-made opportunities. But instead, I'm going to live a life that proves that God is real by the way that He intervenes when it just was so unlikely or when it just looked so hopeless. Um, I, I, that's the way that I, I want to live. That's the way that I, I get to live. And, and part of the joy of that is the stress of being like, God, are you going to show up? And I, I, I need you to, to show up. I anchor my, my theology when it comes to uh, seeing God's breakthrough, seeing God's answer to prayer, receiving help and guidance from God. I anchor my theology in, in a very simple and central biblical truth. That God really does love me. I, I, I anchor that. Are you anchored in that yet? Are you anchored in that yet? That God really does love you. He's mighty. He's mighty. He can do anything. And, and he really does care about me so much as to actually intervene in my life, in my circumstances, and in my challenges. Like a good father, like a, like a good father who loves to give good things, good gifts to his children, those who ask, as we read in, in Matthew chapter 7, God's a good father that doesn't just love us, but also gives good things. Gives good things in direct answer to prayer. And I, and I want to be very clear before I move, in, move forward on this one, that God is a good father. That, that is a good, in fact, he's the only good father. There, there's not the slightest bit of darkness when it comes to God. There's not the slightest bit of perversion or sadistic or, or anything sinister about God. He is as innocent and as pure as it is possible to be, he is the only good being. Jesus is called uh, by the rich young ruler, good teacher. Hey, good teacher. Um, and Jesus' response was, why do you call me good? God alone, or only God, is good. Now, the enemy has spent millennia trying to convince us all that God is sinister, or, or he's, he's crooked, or he's got the, the, these, these dark sides to him. But that's just a total lie that, that the enemy is trying to feed the world. He is the only perfect and pure being. He's this perfectly pure being, God. In comparison, when we're talking about fathers, our fathers are perverse and crooked and evil and selfish and corrupt. Um, some much more than others. Uh, my father was a long ways from perfect. I, as a father, am a long ways from perfect. And yet, Thinking about God as the only good, the only good and loving Father really helps me think about how to go about seeking God's help and His heart for helping me. 
And maybe more of that, his heart for, for help, actually helping, actually giving guidance, actually intervening in my situation. So the passage I want to talk about today is in Genesis chapter 32. And it's the story of Jacob wrestling with God. That's the story I want to talk about. Now, in the context of the story is, okay, Abraham has a son. Abraham, he has a son named Isaac. Isaac has twin boys. The first one comes out very hairy, and so they name him Harry. And in Hebrew, that is uh, Esau, that for Harry. They named him Harry. The second one comes out holding on to his brother's heel, and so they called him heel grasper. Um, in Hebrew, it sounds a little bit nicer, Jacob. Um, but but the uh, heel grabber, and actually, it's kind of like uh, naming your, your kid trickster or, or deceiver or schemer. It's kind of a sinister name, sinister connotations. Well, like most people, Jacob lives up to his, his name or tries to live up to his name for a year, and he was such a deceiver and schemer and fraudster a little bit that he tricks his brother Harry, Esau, he tricks him out of, um, out of birthright and blessing, so much so that uh, Esau wants to murder him. Like, he's gotten to the point where Esau is going to, wants to murder him. And then some years later, Jacob runs away from his brother who wants to murder him, and then he, he gets married, and he has a couple times, and he has uh, this, this kind of uncle-in-law and he's tricked his uncle-in-law so many times, and he's, and he's deceived his brother, or his father, or uncle-in-law so many times that he, his Laban is his name, is trying to hunt him down and kill him as well. He, he kind of has this reputation um, living up to his name here. Well, he, in Genesis 32, where we pick up this story, it's just where Jacob has fled Laban, and Laban caught up to him and was going to hurt him, harm him, kill him, or something like that. But God intervened in the night. With, uh, via a dream And commanded Laban not to hurt him But so he's just Jacob has just gone through that experience And now he is one day away From reconnecting to his brother Esau Who the last he heard Was, on, was wanting to murder him And Esau is now on the way with 400 armed people uh, to, to meet with Jacob Again he hasn't seen him for 20 years And it's in that context Of fear uh, uncertainty, great need of, of God's help that, that Jacob prays. And this is what he prays in Genesis 32, starting in verse 9. Then Jacob said, God of my father Abraham and God of my father Isaac, Yahweh, or the Lord who said to me, God, you said to me, go back to your land and to your family and I will cause you to prosper. I am unworthy of all the kindness and faithfulness you've shown your servant. Indeed, I crossed over this Jordan with my staff, and now I've become two camps. Please rescue me from the hand of my brother Esau, for I am afraid of him. Otherwise, he may come and attack me, the mothers and their children. Or, sorry, he may at come attack me, the mothers and their children. You have said, I will cause you to prosper, and I will make your offspring like the sand of the sea, which cannot be counted. That's the end of his prayer. 
So, so Jacob is afraid, and, and understandably so. It's kind of like his, his past uh, evil ways have caught up to him, his, his trickster ways have caught up to him, and now he's calling on God to rescue him, and he's anchoring his prayer request in, in the direction, God, you, sent, you've, you told me to come back. God, this is what you've told me, and so I'm anchoring my prayer in that. God, you said this, and at this moment of my life, it doesn't feel like what you've told me is a good idea. It doesn't feel like at this moment, based on what I see and, 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 and the danger that I feel like I'm facing, it doesn't seem like what you have told me is actually going to happen, that it's actually going to turn out, that it's going to turn In fact, I'm, it looks like I'm going to die. It looks like things are going to come to an end here. It looks like everything that you've said is going to turn out to be nothing. And so, God, please do for me what you've promised. Do you know moments like that where it just you're looking ahead and you're like god i feel like you you wanted me to do this or god i feel like you've you've said this like you've directed me this way but it just doesn't look like life's going to turn out okay actually it looks like everything's about to come crashing down right right at this moment it looks like everything's going to go horribly horribly wrong you ever needed god's help you ever needed god's help or wanted or wanted god's help so much so that you're like god i I need you. I need you now. I don't need you in a month from now. I need you now. I need you this night. Again, this is the night before he meets his brother. And, and, and he's praying. I mean, some of you have gotten to points in your life where you're like, God, I am so desperate. I, I need you to intervene. And I'm just never, ever, ever going to stop praying. I'm never going to stop asking you to intervene in my situation, my context, my, my prayer. I'm going to wrestle with you. I'm going to wrestle with you for the final application of what you've spoken. I'm going to wrestle with you for, for what you have said you're going to give to me. As for me, I know that there's a large gap still between what God has said and my current experience. I know that there's a large gap between those two things, and so I press on. I press on in prayer and faith and continue to wrestle with God in prayer, okay, I'm a little bit ahead of ourselves because we actually haven't gotten to the wrestling bit uh, of, of the story. But in recap, the wrestling story, the context of the wrestling story is there's a prayer request. There's fear, there's worry that life is about to fall apart and that he's even going to be killed and, and he's, clean, he's trying to remind God of what God has spoken to him. God, you've said this, so please help. Okay, so we're going to talk about the story of Jacob wrestling with God and, and I just want to as we get into this, this word wrestling is different than the word wrestling in Ephesians 6 about wrestling against flesh, not against flesh and blood. Um, although when I was in high school, uh, I, was a, I was a wrestler, and I'm sorry, I'm sorry, bad imagery. <laughs> but but um, uh, I thought about designing this wrestling shirt that said, for we wrestle, dot, 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 against flesh and blood, and kind of taking the knot. I thought it would be clever, but you know, I was 16 at the time, it wasn't clever. But uh, anyways, um, so we, we have this, um, there are two words for wrestling, right? And, and it, there are two different languages going on here. But in Hebrew, this word here, when it's talking about Jacob wrestling with God, it sounds a little bit like Sarah. Sarah. And, and um, it has the connotation of wrestling, yes, but it has the connotation of persisting. 
exerting, uh, exerting oneself, persevering, um, persisting. That, that's, that's the wrestling and persisting that way. Whereas in Ephesians 6, it's a lot more of, of this concept of conflict, of fighting against, of an, like an enemy conflict. This is more like struggling and, and, and persevering. Um, so you've got these very different uh, imageries uh, of re- different types of wrestling. We're not, when, when Jacob is wrestling with God, it's not like he's wrestling against an enemy. It's like he's, he's struggling with and he's, and he's persevering with, um, in this case, a loving good father. A loving good God, not an, an enemy. So there's different words there when it comes to wrestling. Um, one of the things that I used to do when I was younger, not quite high school, but as, um, and, and actually more importantly, when my kids were younger, um, I would wrestle with them. And now Ethan's 17, he's going into university, the kid is ripped. There's, I'm not interested. <laughs> I'm not interested in, in even trying to do this, but um, when they were younger, what we used to do is we, we'd, we'd go and find, and in the flat at the time, we had one room that was carpeted, and so um, it happened to have been Emma's room, so we, we cleared all the, everything out of the side, and we're like, okay, we're going we're gonna to wrestle here, and, and all three of the kids w- would be there, and, and Ethan, and Emma, and Owen, and, and they would be all jittery, like they're, they're so excited, but they're also in completely terrified, and, and, and so they're, they're wanting to wrestle, and, and, and I can just picture them there lined up on the, on the far side of the room. And, and I, wouldn't, I wouldn't stand up. I would, I would get down on my knees, and actually on my hands and knees. So I'm, I'm kind of right down at their level. And, and they, would, they would be all jittery, and they're like, okay, it's, it's time. We're excited about this, but we don't even know what to do here. And so they would kind of try and circle around, right, the, the three of them. And, and Ethan would hang back. He's like, okay, I'm going to go last. I'm going to wait for my opportunity. Ethan or Owen and Emma, you guys go first. And, and so usually Owen, just being Owen, would just charge. And he would just, he would just come in, and, and I'd have Owen there, and kind of wrestling with him around a little bit. And Emma, you always knew where Emma was because she's not quiet. She laughs, uh, like, the whole time, like, this, this terrified, happy laugh. Like, <laughs> and, and she would just, like, come in. I, could, I just know she's coming from this way and kind of have Emma and, and Owen and kind of wrestling around. And then Ethan would just come from somewhere. He's silent, like, just... And, and, and then he's there, and then uh, so it's just it's just this madness, and, and, and they're all over, and, and, and they're just just wrestling and, and crazy. Now, I love my kids. I don't want them to break anything, um, partially because Kelly, but but also because <laughs> because I, 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 I love my kids. I don't want anything broken, and, and I I hope this goes without saying. But when they were younger, I was stronger than than them, even all three combined. I'd like to pretend it's still the case, but it's probably. Not the case, and, 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 and it w- we were wrestling, though. We were wrestling together. We're having fun. I didn't want to make it easy on them, you know? I, I, I wanted them to struggle. I didn't want to hurt them, and, and, but I wanted them to strain, and you could just see them they're pushing with all their might, and they're, they're trying as hard as they can, and, and there might have been a few little bumps and bruises, maybe a, a couple crashes, maybe a tear here or there, but just in a moment, they, they'd be right back into it, um, and we would wrestle really hard, but eventually the time came where I, I'm just ready to be done. I mean, you can't wrestle forever, right? I'm just ready to be done. And I'm like, oh, okay, that was fun. That was fun. Um, and, and so we're ready to quit. And so what I would do is I would dislocate their legs. <laughs> no, no, uh, I didn't do that. No, so, so I, would, I would decide that it was time, time to quit. <laughs> 
And, and I'd be like, okay, that was fun. And they would be like, oh, come on, Dad. And I'm like, no, no, that was, that was fun. That was fun. Um, and I'd be like, okay, stop. And um, then I'd be like, okay, no, guys, stop. And I kept pulling pull them, okay, guys, okay, stop. And then charge, okay, stop, stop. It's going, Owen never stopped. <laughs> I, he just would not stop wrestling with me. And, 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 and no matter how many times I'd be like, okay, guys, that, that was great, that was fun. Stop, okay, no, seriously now, stop. Okay, Owen, you, you, it's time to stop. And, I mean, he's the smallest, but he just is so persistent, he will not stop wrestling with me until finally, what do you do? What does any good father do at this moment? Bribery. And you're like, you're like, okay, um, okay, we'll come up with another time. Okay, we'll stop now, but we'll, we'll wrestle again later. Okay, well, at this specific time. Or ice cream, ice cream. Sometimes, sometimes that. And so you, you, you do, you, basically I give in. Whatever it takes to, to, stop, uh, to stop wrestling. But Owen just never gave up. And I, and I think that there's a lot of similarities in, in, in my experience there with Jacob wrestling with God. God obviously was much stronger who is, it was much more, more mighty, but, but also who is a loving father uh, wrestling here with Jacob. I'm going to read the story here in Genesis 32, and I'm going to pick it up in verse 24. And you're going to see different phrases, um, man, angel, God, referring to in different passages who Jacob is specifically wrestling with. Uh, it says this in, in verse 24. Jacob was left alone, and a man wrestled with him until daybreak. When the man saw that he could not defeat him, he struck Jacob's hip socket as they wrestled and dislocated his hip. Then he said to Jacob, let me go for it's daybreak. But Jacob said, I will not let you go unless you bless me. What is your name? The man asked. Jacob, he replied. Your name will no longer be Jacob, he said. It will be Israel, because you have struggled with God and with men and have prevailed. Then Jacob asked him, please tell me your name. But he answered, why do you ask my name? And he blessed him there. Jacob then named the place Peniel, for I have seen God face to face, he said, and have been delivered. Okay, so here, there's a picture here. Here's a picture of the location where this takes place. Uh, Peniel. It's, it's here in this, in this valley here. He's about to cross this valley and, and, and meet, meet his brother. He's, about, he's coming right down through here. Um, again, I, I wrestled in high school, and one of the things that jumps out to me as I, I first read this story is that they wrestled all night. I mean, when you're really wrestling... Uh, six minutes is what they give you in high school. Two minutes, then a break. Two minutes, break. Two minutes, break. Six minutes is a long time. It's brutal to go six minutes. I mean, you, you, every muscle, everything is just straining its, its hardest. And, and, I mean, you're, you're Jacob's alone, and he's wrestling with a stranger. And he, he, you know, everything is engaged. Now, now people, so, so just that all-nightedness of this, this stressful, that's such intense, such intense, such determination. To keep outliving, outlasting. Now, people might say, well, you know, if it's really God, God could win in a second. But, but again, um, again, like, like, like I wrestling with my kids, I was more powerful, and yet um, it, I, I don't want that to get in the way. If you're going to go into the, play the game well, what God could have done, God could have beat him in a second or something like that. God didn't have to do this at all. 
<laughs> There's a lot of things that, that um, God can, or d- d- can choose and choose not to do. Um, he chose to wrestle with Jacob, and the reason he wanted to do it this way is because he had a picture that he wanted to communicate. He wanted to make a lasting point to Jacob. There's changing of his name here, changing of his future, changing of his identity in this moment. But anyways, you've got, um, you've got God or, or man or angel or ready, and, and they're ready to stop wrestling. And Jacob isn't. He isn't ready to stop. And so the person inflicts pain on him. Dislocated. I don't know if you've ever had a dislocated hip, have had that experience. Um, what impressed me about Jacob, he continues to wrestle even with the dislocated. It's not like he, ta- he pauses for a second and is like, okay, okay, hold on, hold on, hold on. I need a break here. No, no, he keeps wrestling with a dislocated hip. And we're talking like literally crippling pain. I, 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 crippling pain. And, and it seems like he carries this limp forever. Every mo- movement, every touch, hugely painful. And yet Jacob keeps persevering in the pain. He keeps wrestling with God in the excruciating pain. He is hurting, and he keeps going until he prevails. Some of you, you're wrestling with God about something, direction, guidance, help, intervention. There's pain. Keep wrestling until you prevail. So he keeps going. Why did he keep wrestling? Because he wanted a blessing. Because he wanted this answer to his prayer. He wanted this blessing. He got it. He wrestled with God and received what he, was, what he was after. And in that moment, God gave Jacob a new name from trickster, heel grabber to Israel, which means something like, may God prevail. May God prevail or persevere struggles with God. Struggles with God. Jacob's name gets changed. It kind of reminds, in Revelation, you're, na- you're going to get a new name. You're going to get a new name uh, when, you, when, you're, uh, when you see God face to face. My guess is that what your name is going to be will be connected to something about your life and, and how you lived. Maybe your faith, your hope, your love, your perseverance. I, I'm not sure if it's going to fit the you of today, but hopefully it'll, be, it'll fit the you that, that God is making you to be as you continue to grow and, and, and grow in your faith. Have you ever thought about what, what name you'd like God to give you uh, or something like that? As for me, I think I would prefer something more like bear than barely. Barely made it or barely did anything with, God, with what God entrusted to me. I'd prefer something more like, you know, just uh, ran after God with my gifts and my, all my, my efforts. Uh, I'd prefer bear instead of barely. Um, you ever thought about what name uh, you're on track to, to receive from Jesus? Uh, be, be diligent in serving God and generously in the ways that you're, that, that he's gifted you. Anyways, uh, it's, it's not a weird thing, going back to the wrestling with God thing, uh, to be someone who wrestles with God in prayer for rescue or for help or for, for guidance uh, because you're afraid that what God may have spoken or maybe what God has said to you isn't going to turn out. It's, that's, not, that's not weird. It's, it's very biblical to wrestle with God in prayer. In the New Testament, when Jesus is teaching us how to pray, he refers to, to Luke chapter 18. Or no, he doesn't refer to Luke chapter 18. He says what we now read of as Luke 18, the parable of the persistent widow, which is one of my most guiding passages when it comes to persistence in prayer. That, that, woman, that widow who just prayed and badgered the unjust judge over day and night until, until 
She got what she was seeking. And it's, that is how Jesus teaches us to pray, to pray wrestling and engaging with God because persistence pays off. In fact, I have seven hows when it comes to how to wrestle with God. You're going to want to write these down because these are incredible and they're entirely biblical. And there's going to be a time in your life where you're going to want to know how to wrestle with God in prayer. Um, the, 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 first, the, the first how when it comes to seeing more frequent result, more frequent answers, more frequent guidance is wrestling with God with never giving up persistent prayer. Now, now I, hope, I hope thus far that would be the obvious one. Uh, never giving up persistent prayer. Uh, we've been talking about this, Jacob wrestling with God after praying. We're talking about the persistent widow. That's one way we wrestle with God and seeking his help and rescue and intervention, but there's a few others. The second one is wrestling with God with fasting. With fasting. Again, this is similar, but as we've been learning over the last couple of years, uh, fasting supercharges prayers because when we fast, we weaken ourselves. We, we humble ourselves by intentionally uh, weakening ourselves. Fasting is the opposite of what's natural for humanity. Normal and natural thing is to be strong, Especially when we need extra help, when, we, when things aren't coming together. But when we're fast, we're saying, God, I need your help. It's not going to be by my might. It's not going to be by my power. It's going to be by your strength. If anything is going to happen here, it's going to be by you. And I'm humbling myself. Fasting isn't fun. It makes us feel weak. And when we do that, it shows God just how serious we are. It's a powerful way to wrestle with God for help. That's the second way we can wrestle with God. But there's more. The third way is wrestling with God with offerings. With offerings. In the Bible, we see God doing so many of the incredible things that he does during the times of the offerings. The morning offerings and the evening offerings. The morning sacrifices and the evening sacrifices. And, and, and I'm not just... The Bible actually intentionally connects them. He would say, at the time of the evening sacrifice... It's so many of the amazing works of God are connected with the times of offerings. Uh, whether, it's, whether it's Elijah up on Mount Carmel uh, and seeing fire fall from the sky, or whether it's uh, people receiving dreams or visions from God at, 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 connected to the time of offering. So many events take place in the Bible connected with offerings, not just financial offerings, but also you can think of, of, of Hannah. She, she ha in 1 Samuel chapter 1, she doesn't have any kids. She prays and she, she asks for Samuel and she says, if you give me Samuel, I'll offer him to the Lord all the days of his life. And she does that. And when she offers Samuel to the Lord um, and gives him away after having Samuel, then she has several kids after that, uh, after that, that offering. If you want God to act generously towards you, fiscally answered prayer, help, intervention, guidance, then be generous yourself. Be generous yourself. As Paul writes in the New Testament, in the New Testament, in 2 Corinthians 9, he says, remember this, the person who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. If the, and the person who sows generously will also reap generously. Now, now, I'm not making any promises that if you give your full 10% to the church or whatever, that your prayers will be answered, but I will definitely say there is a strong, 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 very clear biblical connection between generosity and giving and offerings to God. Uh, go ahead and do a study sometime. Connecting what God does with times of offering or offerings and the result of answered prayers. 
Uh, it's just huge in the Bible. Something maybe we don't talk enough about. But one of the huge ways we wrestle with God is offerings. That's three. A fourth way is this. Wrestling with God with worship and faith in the context of pain and disappointment. We have so many examples of of people suffering in the Bible with pain, heartbreak, horrible situations, major disappointments, and they choose to worship God and keep trusting in Him. And when they make that intentional choice in their biggest disappointments and pains, it's like heaven smiles. And God shows up. The the mindset of keeping on believing, to keep on worshiping, to keep on God in times of pain, it just draws the attention of heaven. Classic example, Job. Job loses everything. His children die. His riches are lost. He gets pains and sores, and his health is completely gone. And what does he do? He, he, He worships. He worships. Now, things weren't fixed that day that he worshiped. But... But ultimately, his response led to a chain reaction that brought about his great rescue, great restoration, great healing, great, great deliverance. Not everything was fixed overnight, but that decision to worship in his pain, huge. Seasons of pain and, and dis- incredible disappointments, they come. And so the, the commission is to worship in the waiting, worship in the pain, worship in the confusion, worship when we're feeling alone and ignored and just drawing the attention of heaven. Every time we choose to worship genuinely, when, when naturally speaking, we, we would naturally be angry at God in our disappointments, it, it, just, it just draws his attention. It draws his smile. So that's, that's another way that we can wrestle with God, by persistent wrestling in the face of disappointment and pain. Uh, persistent worship. Yeah. Fifthly, wrestling with God with everyday purity and godliness. It's a major way we wrestle with God. Again, no promises here, just principles. But the Bible clearly says in the book of James that the prayers of the righteous are powerful in, in their effect, meaning those who live a godly life, those who live pure without compromise, those are, uh, who make sometimes the very painful decisions to say no to what they really, really want, but they know it's not God's way. When they make, that, when they make those decisions consistently, the prayers of the righteous are powerful in their effect. Now that's talking about maybe our prayers for other people, but it's, it's just generally true. If you want your prayers answered, everyday purity and godliness is, is a big way that we can wrestle with God for help. That's number five. Number six is this. Wrestling with God with love, justice, and resilient hope. With love, justice, and and resilient hope. That's straight from the book of, of Hosea. Hosea writes about this moment where Jacob wrestles with God. In fact, actually, he applies this situation of Jacob wrestling with God to his generation, just like I'm applying it to, to our generation. And Hosea writes that love, justice, and resilient hope are how you go about seeing God's grace and favor pour into your life. This is basically how we can wrestle with God in our, in our day by applying love, justice, and resilient hope. Let me just read it. Hosea 12. He says, In the womb he grasped his brother's heel, speaking of Harry and heel grabber, uh, and as an adult he wrestled with God. Jacob struggled with the angel and prevailed. He wept and sought his favor. He found him at Bethel, 
And there he spoke with them. That was the angels going up and down on the ladder. Yahweh is the God of hosts. Yahweh is his name. But you must return to your God. Maintain love and justice and always put your hope in God. That's where Hosea, Hosea applies this, this wrestling, this Jacob wrestling with God and, 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 and seeking God's favor, weeping and seeking God's favor, uh, maintaining love and justice, always putting your hope in God. Uh, by loving people all the time, by loving everybody all the time, by being a champion of justice, for those who are not receiving justice, being their champion, especially those who can't, who can't bring about justice for themselves, that's huge. It's powerful stuff. God loves that. It's powerful when we spend our efforts bringing justice, when the, the thing that God really wants done in every situation, justice. That's number six. And the seventh thing is this, rallying many people to join you as you wrestle with God. And basically, you're doing those other six things, and then you're recruiting others who are doing those same six things to join you in this. It's like my kids. It's like not just one kid, but three kids wrestling with me. And eventually, I'm sure there would come to a point where there's just, I'm, I'm just a goner or whatever. But you get lots, uh, more and more, recruiting more and more people to wrestle with God with you in, in your prayers. Family, God really does love you. He really does love you. He is a loving God. He is a pure God. He's a good Father who invites you to come and wrestle with Him for help and rescue. This isn't wrestling as if with an enemy, but wrestling with your good and loving Heavenly Father. And these seven things, these seven things for you are like a, a checklist when it comes to you doing all that you can to see God's help in your life. Now, I'm not promising if you do all these things that God will do everything you ask, but I will say that if you do these things, God's help and his rescue and his justice will flow more frequently, more consistently, more swiftly in your life than it would otherwise. Now, we can't, we can't make God do anything, but we can wrestle with him with persistence as we've been invited to do. And if we persist in it year after year, God's help will pour into your life. I want that. Thank you.